Welcome back to Across the Browns. I'm your host, Chandler Adams, joined today by, we don't have a special name for John yet, but he's going to be a reoccurring co-host. John, how you doing? Hey, man. Uh, doing really well. How about you? Not bad, not bad. Um, ready for some Browns football to finally be here. It's it's really hard trying to get the energy to you know talk about them when there's nothing going on. Yeah, this time of year is uh, uh, the excitement uh, leading up to the draft, uh, free agency too. Before that, leading up to free agency, leading up to the draft, and then as soon as it's over, um, I mean, we did get the schedule release, which was pretty cool. So we got to you know kind of pour over that for a minute, and uh, you know, but. It's just, you're right, like this time of year is always, um, I don't know, rough. And especially, you know, made worse by the coronavirus, of course, because you can't even, like, sit back and, you know, enjoy an Indians game or, you know, whatever else that the, the uh, NBA playoffs would be. Yeah, the Cavs a- would almost be in the championship by now. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. They run in a D-League tournament I'm not aware of. Or, uh, hey. <laughs> just kidding. Love the Cavs, of course. But, uh. Yeah, today we're going to bring you some Jadavian Clowney talk. Talk about Baker a little bit towards the end. But I guess I wanted to talk about Clowney because I think he's a very polarizing player. I've obviously said some things about him that people don't agree with. You know, I don't think he's uh, he's not nearly worth what he's wanting, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, because so Charles Robinson... Uh, Browns fans all know him now because he's done a great job covering the Browns like through Yahoo. He doesn't cover the Browns. He just does a great job of feeding the fans what they want. Mm. But uh, he told McAfee that, you know, Clowney's not okay with signing a multi-year average payout deal. Like if he's going to be signing a multi-year deal, it's going to be a three, four, sixty, seventy million dollar deal uh and i thought like that's exactly what Clowney is not worth the team that pays that is the team that is getting sucked into this crazy athlete very good run defender obviously he's an above average pass rusher he's not just an average pass rusher he's an above average player mm-hmm. but he's not worth that kind of change like this is the kind of thing that gets me in trouble is olivier vernon is a better edge rusher than Clowney is right now I'm not talking what they can be I'm not talking about athleticism I'm just talking purely if you put them both on the field I feel more comfortable with Vernon who can get to the can get to the quarterback better than Clowney can he can defend a run uh, not as good as Clowney obviously and then well people want to bring up the injuries John but Clowney has been just as injury prone as Olivier Vernon Uh, Vernon Vernon was probably more so yeah, Vernon wasn't injury prone until these past few years. So, you know, that might have just been all that time he was on the field, you know, coming back at him. And I think a lot of it, a lot of the Browns players were injured for a majority of the season last year. And you think back to last, I was just thinking about this when I saw building the Browns the other day. Freddie Kitchens had them in pads months before any other team did, hitting mm-hmm. each other. Like it, That has to take a toll on players. But I guess... With all that being said, I don't think Clowney, obviously the news that Clowney turned down the Browns just because, and the Browns had offered him the most money out there. I think people are looking too much into that. Robinson said that Clowney doesn't feel comfortable signing until July. End of July, mid July, doesn't matter, but he wants things to kind of get rolling before he signs somewhere. Mm-hmm. 
So I say there's a very good chance that the Browns offered him a lot of money, and he said, I really appreciate the offer. I want to hold off for now. Hopefully that doesn't offend you. I just want to see my options. And if the Browns are a good franch or a good front office, like they seem to be turning towards, they would say, okay, that's fine. We want you here when you want to be here. Like there's no point in paying you more money if you you truly don't want to be here right now. Yeah. And also, if you're a good front office, you don't burn bridges with a player that has talent like Clowney. Because I'm not saying Clowney doesn't have the talent. He just hasn't put it all together right now. Um, so if they're a good front office, like they appear to be heading towards, you say, okay, we'll, just, we'll, we'll stay in touch. Like, good GM, stay in touch with the agents. What, what are your feelings? What are you leaning towards? It's not like Madden where you say, all right, I'll just offer you a bit more. I'll offer you a little bit more money. Give mm-hmm. you a bigger signing bonus. Like you can't afford to do that with, um, you know, Miles Garrett going to be getting a big yep. restructure. Yep. Denzel Ward, as long as he plays seventy percent of the games this year and next year, he's going to get a big restructure. Whether it's with the Browns or not, he is statistically in the top ten of every category when it comes to coverage. Like especially man coverage. He's a special talent. There's not a lot of people that can cover like Denzel Ward, but he had to adjust to gaining weight to get into the NFL. He had to adjust to two defensive systems now. Mm-hmm. And one is just terrible for every defensive player involved, unless you're a blitzer with Greg Williams. Like unless you're a, your specialty is blitzing, like it just is not a good system for a defensive player. You're you might get lucky, get a few turnovers because they get to the quarterback quickly. But that's yeah. besides the point. And then he then he went to, um, my mind is blanking. Hmm. Cardinals head coach, Browns defensive coordinator, Steve. No, not oh. Bowles. It's New York Jets. What is going on? I know. Why am I totally blanking on this too? I, Holy I can't shit! Stop thinking I want to get. I know. I want to just get that regime out. But anyway, the. Wow. Um, what is happening? I know this is insane. Uh, I keep wanting to say, like, for some reason, Todd Bowles. I know that's the Jets' former coach. And no, it's Steve. Uh, Buccaneers Steve, defensive. Right? Steve. Uh, what is? Oh, I, I bet. People, it like, these guys are these guys are hosting a Browns podcast. Steve Wilkes. So, Steve Wilkes is out here with his cover two zone heavy scheme. Uh, like, what? What is a man coverage? corner supposed to do when he's running zone most of his snaps like that doesn't that's why steve wilkes does not have a job right now because he was not able to adjust to having three outside press man corners and not utilizing that in the slightest but yeah um yeah so all these players are going to get restructures then you're going to have to go on and play pay Clowney, who hasn't been on the field hasn't performed when he's on the field like we can't we can't just keep romanticizing this South Carolina kid lighting up a Michigan running back into oblivion <laughs> on primetime television. That, is, that will I, always be uh, one of the coolest plays in like college football history for sure. And the fact crazy. that it happened in Michigan, yes, is obviously you know the the icing on an already delicious cake. That's for sure. <laughs> but um, but yeah, he's missed uh, 21 games in six seasons, um, and then. Just this past offseason, he had a uh, a surgery to fix a uh, core muscle injury that he was playing with. So related to, uh, what, a sports hernia? Um, that was just, ba- you know, he played through it last year. It was just a nagging thing, obviously. But but that's his sixth surgery in seven years. And, so, and as a defensive end, 
you're using your core more almost more like as a defensive end or an outside tackle you're using your core more than almost anyone you're getting twisted your trunk your trunk is getting twisted because your lower half is yep. pointed one way then you have to twist to your right yep Same. no you're right the bend and uh you know like the what separates guys like miles garrett from from other defensive ends is the the ability to you know have that elite bend right that that unbelievable get off and then that incredible body position to have the kind of strength and athleticism and stuff like that. And you're right. Like, you know, Clowney, uh, I mean, he was the number one pick in the draft for a reason, right? Like the ceiling that you, you know, expected him to hopefully hit is much higher than a player like Olivier Vernon, obviously. Like you, you make a great point. Um, when you say that Vernon is better because at some point, like, we just have to deal with what a player actually is and not what you think he can be at some point, like if he ever puts it all together. And I don't think anybody would argue that Clowney, um, you know, isn't more athletic and has a higher ceiling. But like, like he's just not, you know, he's not healthy. He's not on the field. He's not he hasn't put it together. And that is incredibly disappointing for a guy that when you look at him you know, you just can't believe that the humans are built that way. Like he, he looks, you know, like Miles Garrett, when you see this guy, you're just like, holy, like how it's yeah. un, you know, it's unbelievable. And, but Vernon is, you know, and he's dealt with injuries as well, obviously, but he's, he's on the field, you know, and, and, you know, that's one thing that separates, um, you know, those two. So, yeah, I, I mean, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. I think what's really interesting about it too, is, um, the fact that like, the NFL really is different. Like, do you five years ago, if Clowney is a free agent, like he signed within minutes, right? Like, despite the injury history, despite everything else, like it really does seem like a lot of teams are, you know, getting smarter with all this stuff. And maybe, um, maybe there's a team out there right now that would love to, you know, would have signed him instantly if they had the cap space and they just didn't. So they can't do it. You know what I mean? But, but teams like the Browns that had plenty of cap space, you know, like it's it's really refreshing to see, you know, them come forward and say, OK, well, you know, we're willing to offer you, you know, this much. Um, like, I think the Seahawks offered him um, like between 13 and 15 million. And, you know, that number wasn't good enough for Clowney. And so, you know, it's interesting to see that that teams aren't bending over backwards to pay overpay a player that, you know, just for his ceiling and not for what he actually, you know, is on the field. Yeah. Like currently. teams are so, getting smarter. Yeah. Which is definitely I think, good. And something else that I think is really important is the Brown. I'm not going to say the Browns got lucky with Miles Garrett. Like everyone thought he would be this good, but there were serious questions regarding his work ethic. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you're that much better than everyone else you're playing against in college, it's, I'm sure I've never had to deal with this because I've never been that much better than anybody at anything in life except for maybe eating food. Um, <laughs> you get complacent. It's hard to play week in and week out against these big 12 tackles where you're just like, oh, okay, you're going to, are you going to do anything? Do I have to work this week? You know, and I mean, you, you have Miles Garrett and Johnny Manziel as two of the biggest stars and you know, the country college football wise, like it, that kind of stuff can get to your head. And, mm -hmm. but he got to the NFL. He's one of the hardest workers in the NFL. He's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Um, I think in four years, he'll completely have that blemish off his record. Like that anyone that's a Steelers fan or maybe even a Ravens fan, which there are much more sane Ravens fans than Steelers fans, but 
we'll always hold that against him. Like, oh, he was the kid that did. But anyone that's not will realize, oh, he's built how many wells for kids in Africa who don't have mm-hmm. water? He's donated how much money to Cleveland to pay for people that don't have food and done all this great stuff. So he's a great kid, hard worker. But and Vernon is the same way. Vernon, you know, is respected by everyone in the league, known as one of the hardest workers, doesn't talk. He's very he's Nick Chubb of the defense. Doesn't talk, nose down, plays his ass off. Mm-hmm. Week in, week out. He's had some injury history. The past three years. But for five years in the NFL, he didn't miss a freaking game. So you go to New York. New York's a historically the past ten years terrible franchise. You know, terribly ran. So maybe the trainers were a little bit bad there. Cleveland Browns are historically, since freaking the 90s, a terribly bad franchise. The trainers have always been bad in Cleveland. Like the stuff, which blows my mind because the Cleveland Clinic's right there. I know. But nothing in Cleveland has been good. I'm not yep. trying to diss on them. It's just a fact. So maybe Vernon wasn't getting proper treatment. Who knows? But that's the kind of presence that this team wants in the locker room. Clowney has been known as a. Obviously, he works hard the way he looks, the way he is able to play. But there's also been things around the NFL like maybe he's not working to his max. Like maybe there's still something left in that tank, which that's like that's not I'm not trying to tell tell you guys the kid's not working. He's got to the highest point you can get as a football player. He's in the NFL. Mm -hmm. He's made his money. He's made the generations after him and his family like props to him. I'm super happy for him. But Vernon, if he plays 13, 14 games this year, John, and he's willing to take seven, eight million on his next contract, if I'm the Browns and Vernon's like, yeah, I'll sign a eight million dollar, like, or maybe even 10 next year and then dropping down, you know, do the mm-hmm. opposite of what his contract now where it went lower to higher. What, that is the kind of player I would want over Clowney. Vernon has proven it on the field. He is. A great locker room veteran pleasant presence. The Browns don't have any veterans. And $8 million for a... I would, I would. He's not a premier pass rusher, but he's definitely not an average pass rusher. Right. I would take that. I My gut feeling is that Vernon's on the Browns next year if okay. he's willing to if he's willing to take a contract that's team-friendly. And I think at some point, if the Browns perform well this year, you start to get team-friendly deals. We'll never get a team-friendly deal if we stay below 500. it It'll never happen. There's no right. reason for it. No, that's a good if, point. If the Browns stay this bad, I would I would want Miles Garrett to leave. Like I'm just so tired of loving these players and watching them waste away their careers like Joe mm-hmm. Thomas. Yep. But on the bright side, I don't think that, like I just don't think at some point you can just keep saying the Browns are gonna brown. The Browns have notoriously went after football guys in the front office aside from Sashi Brown. And then they just they went full analytics, and then they were like, "Nope, we don't like it. We gave you, we gave you basically one year to try this. It didn't work. So get the hell out of here. Let's go back to purely football-based stuff. No analytics involved. Just our eyes. Just our gut feelings. Uh, but they're they're going all in on the analytics, which for those of you listening, it still means they're football guys. They just listen to the numbers." Um, Mm-hmm. I, I just really think that the Browns are going to be different this year, and I think they'll start to get team-friendly deals on good players like Vernon, which people don't think Vernon's good, but whatever. 
Well, you know, we just have to see it, right? Like it's, it's the, you know, any player that's dealt with injuries like he has, you know, especially in his recent history, like you said, he spent the, the beginning of his career being largely, you know, healthy and on the field, but lately that hasn't been the case. And so, you know, and I think it's compounded by the fact that it wasn't, uh, you know, this is someone you traded for, right? So it wasn't like a, a free agent signing or, you know, a draft pick or something like that. Like you, you know, Dorsey went out and said, yeah, I want this guy. Like, I, let's bring him here. We want him on the team. Um, you know, and there's a certain luxury playing on the opposite side of, you know, Miles Garrett, obviously, um, you know, the beginning of, you know, last season, Garrett was off to a, an, an incredible start, right? Like, he, you know, right. He was on like a 16, 17 sack pace and, you know, just, uh, and, and he derailed himself, obviously. I mean, he, you know, he'll be the first person to say that of course. And, you know, we don't have to get into all that, but, but the point is, is that having someone, um, with, Vernon's talent, you know, opposite of Garrett, um, is fantastic. And if you could just get him, you know, on the field, uh, then you're really going to see, I don't know, it's, it's going to be really impressive because you're just, you know, it's going to be so hard for opposing offenses to, to deal with, you know, both of them. Like if you just have to, if it's the one-on-one matchup stuff, right? Like if you just have to worry so much about, Okay, well, we maybe we have to double team Garrett, but the the guy on the other side is you know not just as good, but he's you know obviously a huge problem. Um, and then you know if you do add in Clowney, I mean he's only twenty seven years old, so I mean it's so bizarre how we kind of think of you know these guys as you know feels like he's been around in the league forever and like I said six seasons and everything, but he's twenty seven for crying out loud, like you know he's he's super young still. Um, so if he can you know, stay healthy and you do add him on a, in a, you know, not a ridiculous contract. I mean, you know, second and long third and long, like if you've got Garrett and Vernon and Clowney on the field, like, Oh my God, like that possibly Claiborne. Right. Right. If you want, I mean, if it's a third and if it's a third and 10 or longer, there's no point in not having that because Garrett Clowney and Vernon are all very good run defenders. Like, yeah, they're, they're not, there's a lot of players in this league that are, you know, one stop Charlie's like they're, they're good at pass rushing. They're good at run defending. Right. That's it. And, but when you say Clowney, Vernon and Garrett, you obviously, those guys are all on a different pedestal. I mean, Miles Garrett, I'm not saying this cause I am a brainwashed Browns fan. This Miles Garrett can very well go down in history as the greatest pass rusher of all time. It's all going to come down to how long does he play? Does he stay as healthy as he has been? And obviously last year kind of hurts that a lot. Um, Big time. He would have had double the amount of sacks he had. But sure, like the way the game is moving, body, like how long your body's able to stay active and football ready. And he's one of the most physically gifted humans in the planet. I mean, mm-hmm. there are not others like him. He works nope. his ass off, but sometimes genes take a big role in it. He's one of those players. If he can play to, obviously no one's going to play like Cameron Wake ever has, but that kind of Cameron Rake, Wake role where he just like, you know, he's 34, 35. Now Cameron Wake's basically 60, still getting 10 sacks <laughs> a year. But, you know, the, this is just, the Browns can actually be special. Like I've said it before, like, oh, I think I hope I believe the Browns will be better. But now I'm saying like I know the Browns are different now. Like this is just this is just different than it's ever been. Yeah. I the, I agree. The last time we've had a one player where you're like, yeah, he's special. Is when we had Joe Thomas 
and a wide receiver in Josh Gordon. And you're like, okay, so left tackle and wide receiver are going to win you games? No, because you need a quarterback. You need a defensive end. You need coverage. The Browns have all of that. It's just putting it together. Like most, most of the guys they've had, most of the guys they have on their roster have won at some level. Mm-hmm. Think LSU. They're adding a lot of LSU players. Baker, one of the most historically great college quarterbacks ever. Nick mm-hmm. Chubb, won. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, obviously LSU guys. They won. Like they're adding winners. That's important because forever, like they, the, I mean, the Browns have just been a dumpster fire, and it's. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's exciting. I'm excited to watch that defensive line. Like they were supposed to be great last year. Obviously, best player on the team got suspended. You know, it's just there were so many things that went wrong, and I hate bringing it up. Larry Ogunjobi did not play to what we hoped he would. I really hope he can turn it around. I, 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 I really hope. I, he's such a good kid, and like. He's a good player, but he cannot be one of your best players on your defensive line. So I think this will help him. Um, I think Larry can be a really great rotational the defensive tackle in the league for a while. Rotational. I mean, he's sure. not he's not going to be a starting. I, I don't no. want to shit on. I don't want to shit on the kid. I, no, I but just, I mean, there's let's put it this way: there's a reason they went out and got Andrew Billings and. Um, you know, which is honestly one of my favorite signings in the uh, uh, this free agency. Um, like, I, I just think I think the world of him and I think he was super, super underrated um, and just a, a really I don't know. I really like his game, the way he plays. Um, you, you know, you you needed something uh, on the inside um, because Ogunjobi, like you said, he, he is what he is. You know, he's uh, he had one season where it was two, what two years ago when he was really good uh, and just played. He's fantastic. Yeah, it was really impressive. So, but like I, you know, I think we are realizing that he's just not that, you know, player that that was the, that's the outlier. And so, you know, if he's going to be a, a, an average guy, um, fine. That's, you know, that's maybe that's just who he is. That's fine. But Billings is, you know, having him on the roster, um, you know, starting, uh, you know, hopefully with uh, Richardson um, on the inside. I just, I think that's such a fantastic Andy's in a prove-it year, which is fantastic for the Browns. Yeah. Yep. Not long-term, but for this year. But I, I really do think Jordan Elliott will step in and be that starter after Billings is gone. There's no reason Billings should be on this team next year. He'll get a contract somewhere. Um, playing alongside Billings will be the fourth sought-after player on that defensive line by the offensive by the offensive line every single down. He will never be on the forefront of their minds. So he's going to and the guard the guard play in the AFC North is starting to really dwindle. I know the Steelers. Oh God, Pouncey, <laughs> and like I, I don't know I don't know how these guys get to the Pro Bowl. Like they're not good. They're just very average players at best. Um, even De, like okay, DeCastro's you know better than Pouncey. Like Pouncey's yeah. not good. Pouncey's right. not good. Yep, Pouncey was below average last year jc treader was head above heels of pounce i'm not getting into that anyway uh, <laughs> i really do think jordan elliott will step in and be that i well, think how about this like, in a perfect world like next year and beyond uh, what i would love if uh you have billings and elliott you know billings starting at uh as, as the nose is the one technique and then elliott uh-huh. is the three like 
if that's your the future of your defensive line, because what Billings is what twenty five years old, like he's super young. Right. So he just you, you know went through into a multi year eight nine, get Richardson out of there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing, like you you know Richardson not, and I'm not you know not saying that Richardson has to go or telling you know saying like oh get him out of here. Like I don't you know that's uh, he's on the team. I'm fine with that. Like you know he there were some bright spots last year for sure. Um, He's still a really good. I'm. I'm. I th- truly believe Sheldon Richardson, in all, is a really good player. But mm-hmm. it's just like Vernon. They maybe are getting paid a little bit more than what's team friendly. I'm not going to say they're getting overpaid. Richardson right. has played well enough throughout his career to deserve a big contract. Vernon definitely played well enough to deserve a big contract. But now that the Browns are becoming a team where you have to start contending, you can't just pay everybody. That's right. And I. Yeah, I don't. I uh, if you're gonna pay one position on defense, it's defensive line. I used to think it would be coverage, but the more we talk to Brendan and how inexact of a science it is to pay coverage guys, because coverage fluctuates each and every year by same players. I mean, Darius Slay was bad last year. Darius mm-hmm. Slay's top five cornerback in the NFL, talent wise. Yeah, his, like his stats throughout his career, and he'll probably jump back to that because Philadelphia is a. a fantastic um franchise and they uh, won't move him like detroit did like that was the other problem detroit yeah. asking him to play outside instead of slot corner like that's it, a huge that was a big problem for him absolutely and they went and got roby coleman so like he's not gonna have to worry about anything but his guy there mm-hmm. is one of the best that you know honestly this is bold but he was re- replaced by probably one of the other best just put me on an island on the outside guys and jeff akuda if they had both of them be shut down city up there in detroit but whatever well um, to your point like think about uh what what darrell revis did um you know year after year like I, true, I think I- yeah and and i think that people you know then and now realize like okay yeah he was a you know very very good cornerback but like i i it's probably not enough like he's still i think like we we don't realize how incredibly hard it is to do that and be that consistent year in and year out. The hardest and, position in football. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's yeah, it really is. Like it's it's so quarterback more do... than mind, and cornerback is like body. Like you you have to be physically perfect. Well, you still have to be smart, obviously. But it's sure. same as quarterback. You can't be outside of Big Ben. Like no, you just can't be overweight and hefty. But Big Ben still does it, and he's one of the best. Which we'll talk about that in a later episode with like yep. AFC North matchups, but. My God, if but yeah, I, I pray Big Ben is not normal Big Ben because Browns are finally good and oh, I know anyway. I just I kind of I'm I'm kind of okay I, if he like if he comes back and he's like normal him because I do kind of want to like watch them pound that team yeah. you know at sort of full strength you know what I mean like I don't. I don't want the excuse of, oh, well, you know, you couldn't beat him for, you know, 15 years. And then when he finally broke down and was terrible, that's when you guys were that's the true. big bullies. Like, I, and that, that defense, uh, we say this all the time, John, but like I will put down my life savings, which I'm a college student. So you're not going to be getting much. Wow, Maybe you might get you that's might get impressive. a subway. You might get a subway foot long. But oh, hey. All right. Maybe if the freaking slogan was still five dollar foot. You know, foot longs aren't five dollars anymore. Um, I'm going to, uh, this is probably not going to blow anyone away, but I haven't, uh, now that I think about it, I don't think I've eaten at Subway in five years, six years. So I'm, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't eat, I don't, I, so I don't eat 
bread, so I don't eat it very often. But like, if I were to choose a fast food place, Subway's awesome because it fills me up more than any other one. But mm. yeah, they're not five dollars. They're like six fifty, seven yeah. bucks. Fucking song, five. Yeah, they got my they ass. got away from that pretty. Yeah, that was the and there was like the one sub that you could get it for five bucks. It's like, well, I don't. Nobody wants the tuna fish. Right. I don't care how much it is. Like, get the get out of here. Like, what's you know. Yeah. I got to get the and Quiznos, too. That was the other one. I used to like Quiznos a lot, but it's like I don't who can afford, you know, like I don't want to have to take out a loan to buy a goddamn sub. Like it's <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like there's like fourteen dollars. You're like, OK, especially when a sub just like wrapped up from a gas station and that like those things are delicious. <laughs> You're on the road and you get like a it's like a freaking it's just a little bit expensive bologna and cheese sub. Oh, yep. those are nice. Those hit like different that. when you're on the road. But and the Jersey Mike's too. That was the other one. When that came along, I was like, oh, okay, this is like that's really I I really genuinely do like their stuff. They really make good sandwiches and stuff. I haven't had it in a while, but that's pretty damn good. So I made some uh, homemade spring egg rolls last night Ooh. without wontons. I wanted to try it with like cabbage as the wrap. Yeah, it's not as good. No, obviously. Yeah, I but mean you got yeah, obviously. I think but. I'm gonna go get some rice paper today and make some more. But anyway, uh. What I'm betting my life savings on so you can get all these subs. Gotcha. Def- the Steelers' defense will not be as good as last year. I okay. they, they cannot, they will not, unless they are the New England Patriots. No team has ever done it. Been that historically great at turning the ball over and then bounced back and have been that good the next year. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with history. I'm going to say they don't do it. But Makes anyway... Sense. That's the Jadavian Clowney talk we have for you today. Um, gotcha. We're going to take a quick break to talk about our affiliates, and then we're going to talk about the man, Baker Mayfield. But we're not cutting to an ad or anything. I just want to tell you guys about our great affiliates. So the first one is with the Hawaii Coffee Company. If you go to our website, atbsports.net, you can write as soon as you get there. The beautiful little thing I made, it's not that great. but there's It's awesome. There's Don't nice, sell yourself short. It's, it's awesome. Hawaii, it looks, looks really good. Hawaii Coffee Company. You just click the Get Started, the Shop Now, whichever one you want to click on. You can go there. Go to the best sellers. They got toasted coconut coffee. Uh, the just normal Lion Gold Roast Coffee. I am drinking it right now. It is freaking phenomenal. They <laughs> have everything you could want coffee-wise. Uh, they got flavored ones. They have normal. They have black tea as well. Um, it's super great. If you guys go to that link, it helps us out. Um, and you get great coffee. I promise it is good coffee or I would not be supporting it. Uh, the reason I heard about Hawaii coffee company is because Joe Rogan was talking about it on his podcast and saying that's what he was drinking. So I wanted to try it and then we ended up being an affiliate with them. So yeah, yeah if you're a coffee drinker. You got to try it. It's unbelievable. It's, it's very good. Um, very, very good. I haven't tried any of the flavored ones yet, but I think the vanilla macadamia nut is the first one I'm going to try. Uh, but our second affiliate, uh, we've been with them for a while now, but obviously that has slowed down because of the coronavirus. It's Bavada.lv. They are a sports betting company. Uh, I've been using them since I started sports betting. I love the interface. I think it's really simple. Um, they legitimately pay you back. They pay out. They don't make you... Oh, wait till you get $2,000 and you can pay. But none of that. It's um, And if you sign up with us, I forget. The, you get a 50% bonus. So if you put down $5, you get $5. You get 250 free. Like They're going to give you 50% of what yeah. you 
deposit on your first time for free. Um, obviously, you can't really use it right now. But the reason we're bringing this up is because John has some exciting news about sports betting in Ohio. Yeah, this is um, this is really cool. So um, obviously, once the, um, uh, the Supreme Court struck down um, the uh, and I can't of course, I can't remember the initials, what they called it. But um, but basically the rule that said, uh, you know, that there was sports gambling uh, was illegal um, or you couldn't do it. You know, states couldn't do it on their own. Um, you know, uh, New Jersey, some Pennsylvania, other states were basically ready to go right away with, um, you know, uh, passing it to legalize it. And so as I think this was last fall, October, November, started kind of looking into it, seeing, OK, well, what's going on with Ohio and um Anywhere you go to look this up, you'd see like um, a list of states, basically, you know, what's what do they currently have? Who's going to be next um, as far as legalizing sports betting goes? And Ohio was one of the ones that were, you know, going to be uh, turning that corner sooner than later. And so. um, So, yeah, so this just happened. So the Ohio House passed a bill to legalize sports gambling. um, And there is. which is by a vote of 83 to 10. So, I mean, it's was, you know, basically everybody, this is good. I mean, everybody wants it, obviously. So um, the only, um, not a holdup, but there are basically two bills. So there's one in the Ohio House and one in the Ohio Senate. Um, and the, we're going to get sports gambling in Ohio soon. Uh, the, the two bills are basically deciding who is going to be regulating uh, the, the, the sports gambling. Um, the House bill uh, wants it regulated by the Ohio Lottery Commission, and this, the bill in the Senate is looking at the uh, Casino Control Commission uh, to oversee it. So basically, we're just they're just trying to figure out who's going to be the, the regulating body uh, to kind of govern this uh, sports betting. But we're going to have it in Ohio very soon, so um, which is great because, um, you know, it's a lot of fun. Um, I mean, you know, it, it's hard. Obviously, it's very hard to do. Um, you know, the best, the very best gamblers, especially on something like the NFL, the NFL is incredibly hard to bet on. The lines are, um, very, very well, they're very tight and, you know, little room for, um, for error. A lot of people say like, uh, you know, baseball is one of the easier things to bet on because there's just so many games that, you know, the, the sports books, they, they, they can't like, it's really hard to, you know, post incredibly accurate lines, you know, day in and day out when there's 15 games, you know, basically every day, right. In baseball, uh, but, uh, in football, you've got, you know, without buys 16 games, um, a week. And so, you know, you're basically every, all the focus is on, you know, just those games and stuff like that. But, but the bottom line is, yeah, we're going to get a uh, sports betting in Ohio soon, which is fantastic. Um, so, uh, hopefully we'll have some kind of an update when that happens. Um, but you know, either, then or now, obviously, like Chandler said, you can go onto um, our website, uh, atbsports.net, and uh, there's a link to um, click on the Bovada sponsor, and uh, you get a 50% uh, deposit bonus, which is fantastic. So they're going to give you free money uh, to uh, to bet on stuff. So um, hopefully the uh, virus will start to ease things up. There's talk about uh, the NBA resuming um, its season on July 31st. That's kind of a tentative date. Nothing set in stone, obviously. But um, but yeah, hopefully it'll be uh, returned to normal sooner than later. And uh, we'll get some sports gambling in Ohio soon, which will be uh, fantastic. So, 
Yeah, absolutely. And it helps us out too if you guys use that link, which we'll have around when we when sports betting comes back. Once everything gets back to normal, like this show will be Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Sundays. Um, that's at least the hope. And there'll be maybe all video. Not sure yet. Some of them video, but they'll be here. And I guess to wrap up the show, because also I want to keep the show to 40, 45 minutes because we've always ran them long in the past because John and I usually only got together once a week, if that. So we wanted to get everything in there. But And boy, are we talkers. That's for sure. Yeah. So it's hard <laughs> to do that. So we've got like five to eight minutes real quick to talk about Baker Mayfield. And we don't want to go in like I'll probably go through each position in depth through this show. But some, like Baker Mayfield obviously just had that interview with the Browns media. And, you know, he talked about how he's moving in silence, which I, I really appreciate that. I don't think that the I don't think the reason Baker Mayfield was bad last year is because he talked to the media. Like, I don't think that to be the case at all. I think maybe it puts some added pressure on the coaching staff and the players that he was around. But I think what it comes down to is Baker Mayfield was bad last year because one. Maybe he got a bit complacent and thought that he would be able to understand NFL defenses. Two, NFL defenses started to adjust to the way Baker was, you know, he basically has the same release point for every single throw. And three, Freddie Kitchens put him in a system that didn't benefit Baker Mayfield at all. Baker Mayfield is the best when he's in play action. And Kevin Stefanski and Kirk Cousins ran shotgun the least in the NFL last year. At 30%, which is what Baker's pretty much the worst in. When it's just shotgun, no play action, no movement, same release point. That is when Baker's the worst. Baker is his best in play action. He has been since college. Kirk Cousins, last year, they got him to move in the pocket. They got him to change his release points. They got him to make the defense not know what's happening. And not a lot of quarterbacks are great in the play action. I mean, play action is statistically proven to be more efficient but like baker's good at turning around and being able to find what the defense is doing after a play action which is special so take advantage of that because play action is proven to be better than just a normal pass set and when you have a quarterback that can do play action well god damn it do it (laughs) (sighs) i forget the exact stats john but we talked about it on the show before about how much better it was Dak specifically is better in play action and there were some crazy numbers about yep. how much if more efficient it is to pass out of play action because it makes the defense think like not saying you should run play action every play, but I don't think it would hurt to run play action 75, 80% of your plays during a, you know, a single game. If the defense keeps if it keeps the defense on their toes or their heels rather. Like I I, I don't know. I'm I, I yeah. think what I'm trying to say is that like Kevin Stefanski coming is way more beneficial to Baker than Baker not talking to the media. But at the same time, I think it's good. Baker's not talking because, you know, Stefanski's saying all bite, no bark. Uh, you know, it says a lot. Uh, I think players can be good while still talking to the media. Like, I don't think that's, I don't think those things are always 100%, you know, um, ex- Mutually, mutually, exclusive. mutually exclusive with right. each other. I almost said inclusive, but that would have been <laughs> wrong. Uh, I, but I think it, I think it does help. I think it'll help the team not have such high pressure because this team needs to play with no pressure because they've got a tough 
they've got a tough schedule. Like it's easier than last year, but you still play the Ravens twice. You play the Steelers twice. You play the Cowboys. You play the Eagles. It, it's you play the AFC South. It'll be a it'll be a fun year, but like I think I think Kevin Stefanski coming is more important for Baker. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, yeah, I mean, um, it's pretty amazing that you know Baker's short career, right? So the first overall draft pick in uh, 2018, um, he's had Hugh Jackson and Freddie Kitchens as his you know head coaches. And I am of the opinion, and I, this is absolutely verifiable and I can, you know, we can do this on another show, but I I can, I could spend two hours listing uh, reasons why Hugh Jackson is, in my opinion, if not one of the worst head coaches in NFL history, if not the worst head coach. And they somehow followed it up with Freddie Kitchens, who, I, I mean, that's, that's unbelievable, right? Like that, that's like getting food poisoning and then getting it again, the next meal you eat after you couldn't eat for like a day and a half because, you know, you just were so sick. And then the next meal you get it too. It's just, it's unbelievable how bad, you know, kitchens was. So, you know, and, uh, we, there's not much of a history with Stefanski, obviously, like he's, you know, he's only been a play caller for a season, essentially just a little bit over, uh, one season, but you know, I, there's at least there, there are, um, positives to point to right things in minnesota that that worked because i don't think anybody uh you know baker mayfield is better than kirk cousins like that's you know he's a better prospect he's better in college obviously you know um kirk has put in some pretty good seasons as a professional and you know baker has yet to to do that obviously um you know his baker's rookie season was fantastic of course but um you know but like but again this is kind of like similar to the uh you know uh Olivier Vernon and uh, Jadavian Clowney conversation like Baker's ceiling is higher. Obviously, everybody, you know, in the world thinks that uh, then his ceiling is higher than Kirk Cousins. And so, you know, if he if he gets a chance to put it together, um, you know, I mean, obviously, we're all very excited as Browns fans. But just, you know, as as uh, fans of the NFL, like you're you're going to see, you know, another really good quarterback, um, you know, year in and year out, hopefully. And I think Stefanski is a big part of that. Um, you know, the ability to put your players in, in really good positions. I think that's the one thing that we definitely saw him do in Minnesota where, you know, cousins is fine. He's a, you know, average to good quarterback. Um, and you know, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, you know, they've, they've obviously had some, you know, pretty good weapons there. And, but, uh, you know, there's, there's really good weapons in Cleveland too. And so, you know, we, we've had a chance here to, um, you know, to really see something, uh, something great because Stefanski is going to, you know, just the design of his offense, the, the use of play action, moving the pocket, you know, um, you know, getting to a point where, um, you know, the quarterback's comfortable making throws that he is, you know, wants to make that he's comfortable making, you know, everybody's going to be better in that kind of a circumstance. Everyone's going to, you know, do better, you know, um, I mean, quarterbacks, look, they don't, nobody likes to throw when there's, you know, guys diving at your ankles and there's somebody right in your face. Like that's not comfortable for anybody. And everybody, every quarterback gets worse when they're under pressure. Everybody, you know, every quarterback gets worse when they, you know, have that, uh, whether they're being sacked or not, just the fact that they're, you know, the, the, the pocket isn't as comfortable as it could be. And, you know, there's just, 
you know, people in your face or coming around the edge or you feel that pressure from behind, whatever it has, you know, happens to be. So, you know, you really have a chance here um, to see something great, which is going to be good. But the um, what really, you know, this comment that he made about, you know, moving in silence, right? Like, I, I think that this is a fantastic thing um, to hear from Baker because, you know, the one thing, I mean, he's young, obviously, right? And he, you know, uh, he was an older rookie, obviously, but he's still a young guy, of course. Um, and so, you know, like, I get who he is, right? I understand that he is the guy that, you know, is is going to lead by example, but also by talking, right? Like, he's just, he's a brash, bold person. Um, and that's fine. I'm not, I don't want him to change who he is. You know, if that's who he is, that's totally fine, okay? But at some point, like you have to, when you, as you mature, you, you realize that you can make things easier on yourself and on your team, right? Like you don't have to snap back and say, you know, have a retort for every single comment that gets thrown your way. Like sometimes it's okay to just shut up, you know, and not respond, right? And I think that that's what this is, that he's realizing, you know, yeah. that, that this is going to be. Like he can make it easier on himself, right? It doesn't mean mm -hmm. it, it. It doesn't change who he is. He doesn't have to, you know, cower in the corner when somebody says, "Oh, Baker Mayfield's not very good," but like, it's just it's maturity. It's growing up. And how who would not be excited about you know witnessing your quarterback growing up and becoming more mature? For me, this is phenomenal. I like I. I was when I saw this comment, this quote, I was just beyond excited. Like th yeah. this is it. If he's turning a corner and becoming, you know, a more mature person and thus a more mature player. Oh, look out. I mean, I'm all in. This is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. And I, when we, you know, on this show do positional breakdowns of each, um, you know, spot that the Browns are going to have to do, whether it's camp battles or just breaking down, you know, what's going to be there and what to expect for the next season. I'm excited to do quarterback because I think the the Baker Mayfield one, that's still, that's a whole episode's worth talking about all the things that he can be oh, and yeah. will be. Oh yeah. But, uh, Absolutely. yeah, that's all I had to cover for today, John. Do you, anything else you want to add in? No, man, that's good. Uh, glad we got to talk about Clowney a little bit and, um, what's it called? The, uh, Hopefully, if they do end up signing him, it's a nice, you know, team-friendly deal and, you know, something like that where uh, it's going to benefit, you know, him. He's going to get paid, but it's also, you know, something that uh, they're not going to yep. explode. Um, like you said, they've got so many, uh, they've got so many extensions to worry about coming up. Obviously, Garrett being at the top of that list and stuff. But, um, but yeah. So, um, no, this is good. Uh, it was nice to get a chance to chat about the Browns for a minute, talk about some uh, relevant, newsworthy stuff that's been around lately um but yeah and just excitement too like you said i just you know this part of this the year is always tough for football but uh you know it's just so much fun to imagine what the season's going to look like and you know um you know pour through the schedule and try to isolate wins and losses and think what's going to happen and all that stuff it's all uh you know everybody's zero uh, oh and oh right now and you know all the positivity in the world and um i don't know that's that's one of the i guess coolest parts about being a Browns fan because you know you can't you're not they don't lose any games in May June you know like they're not you know that's always that's always been a good thing <laughs> so yeah but this season uh uh it feels different already and uh I, I I don't know that 
I mean, since 1999, I don't think I've been this excited to, you know, actually see the product on the field. I don't think I've been this hopeful that it's going to be uh, this, you know, good, like really good. So yeah. I just, I can't wait. I can't wait. We, if we could fast forward to September, I would do it in a heartbeat. Yep. I'm excited. But uh, all right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Stay safe out there. And uh, hopefully we'll be seeing John on the show again soon. Absolutely. Take care, everybody.